Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. Amen. Amen. I was getting like seasick because he kept doing this like there. I was like, whoa, that's, that's one of those moments where you're just like going, oh boy, those, those videos make a difference. <clears throat> he does a good job and he's a great part of our team and I'm excited for Josh and Taylor and as they continue to grow in our, our ministry efforts to reach young people and to uh, continue our creative stuff. Everything you see creatively speaking, um, he does. And it's just cool stuff, and he's a very gifted young man. We're continuing the Armed and Dangerous series, and uh, I'm excited about it because not only are we going to finish, uh, I'm actually not going to wrap it up. Um, it's going to be wrapped up next week, so we'll wrap it up next week. But um, the following week, we're going to start a series called Today's Battles, and we'll be dealing with the, the, the things that we deal with on an everyday basis, things that we need to fight the enemy and uh, ward off his attacks, and the very things that you and I uh, talk about at our dinner tables, in our living rooms, and, and in our lives, and our marriages, and our walks with God, we're going to specifically attack some of those issues that we deal with. And so I'm very excited about the following series. So not next week, but the following week, we will start that series called Today's Battles. And we'll be dealing with things that are specifically what the enemy is using to attack our lives. And I'm very, very excited about that series. So don't miss it. Bring friends, bring family, bring enemies, whoever you need to bring. Bring them because uh, they will need to hear this series. We've been in this series, Armed and Dangerous. And I want to encourage you. You may not be, feel like you're dangerous. Okay, You may not feel like I'm dangerous. But you, if you put on the armor of God, if there's something about putting the armor on, if you've ever just gotten dressed up in armor or body armor or you, you did something that you put a uniform on and you got this, this stuff that protects you, you feel stronger. You feel like you can go and, and defeat the enemy. You feel like you can go and, and, and at least you're protected. And the beauty of this is that when we put the armor on, we are armed and dangerous. And that's essential to everything that we do. We've been reading this passage of scripture. It's been read every single week during the series. And I hope you've not grown tired of it because it says this. Ephesians 6 says, <clears throat> Ephesians 6.10, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So the whole purpose of putting on the armor is to fight the devil and to defend ourselves against his attacks for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against rulers against the authorities against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms our battle is not fleshly it is spiritual and we have to fight a spiritual battle with spiritual gifts and talents and abilities and most importantly the word of god Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. How many know that the people in the battle that are left standing are usually the winners? Are usually the winners. Stand firm then with the belt of truth around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with the feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. 
Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We talked about those last week. And Ephesians 6.18 is where we're going to focus on today. Because we kind of stop. Most people uh, stop at the, the armor, stop at the Spirit, the, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. But this is a continuation of what Scripture is teaching us and what Paul, the writer of the book of Ephesians, the apostle is teaching the Ephesians. He's saying, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So this is a continuation of the battle cry or the battle call or the call to battle. And, and it's not only just put on the full armor of God, but there's another one. Be strong, put on, stand firm, take up. And then it says pray, pray. And if you've been around Christianity long enough, you've probably heard a bunch of sermons on prayer. If you haven't been around long and you're, you're listening for the first time, I hope this captures your heart because we have to understand what pray means. We have to understand the value of it as a battle tool. We, uh, there's one saying that's been said a long, long time ago that the, the Christian army is the only army that advances on its knees. The Christian army is the only army, yeah, that advances on its knees. And we must understand that we have to pray. So it says, be strong, put on, take up, and, and, and uh, put on, uh, or pray. And when we don't pray, we lack the final, what I would call, the final tool in the battle against the enemy. And so what does Jesus teach us about prayer? In Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, it says simply this. It says, and when you pray. So the disciples were seeing Jesus pray. And then the disciples said, uh, Jesus, can you teach us to pray? Can you help us understand what it, what it takes to pray? And he says this. He says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like, the, like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Yeah, that's a powerful, powerful... <clears throat> When we pray, we don't need to get all fancy. We, need, we don't need to get all crazy. We don't need to pray in public. Us pastors, we tend to kind of get a little verbose when we pray sometimes. Lord, I just pray that you bring down the sanctification, justification, and ramification, all the Asians. You know, and we think we're being fancy and, and cool. And, and, and really what God wants to say is, Lord, bless them. Amen. Yeah, if you've ever... If you ever had a meal with me, uh, you'll learn that I, I really take this, this scripture to heart because I don't think, and so we are not to be babbling like the pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. It says, don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask. Really, prayer is an act of faith. It's simply saying, God, here's my needs. I believe you're in control. Here's my needs. I trust you with them. Here's my needs. I believe that you are the one who guides and directs my life. And I, therefore, will mention those needs in faith to you and then trust you with them. I've prayed a lot of prayers that were never answered. Well, they were. The world, 
In, 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 the, in the world where people believe in speaking in tongues and those kinds of things, we've kind of said, that's praying in the Spirit. Anytime you pray in tongues, you're praying in the Spirit. I don't believe that. I believe that praying in the Spirit is being connected with the Spirit and letting the Spirit pray through you. Quite often you're praying maybe the words that you understand, but they're not your words, they're the Spirit's words. I also believe in praying in tongues. I don't, I don't believe that you, you can't pray in the Spirit in that way, in tongues. In fact, the Bible says, and we'll read it in just a minute, that the, the Spirit intercedes through us. And that's, that's a prayer. That's a, but the Holy Spirit can... I've prayed for people that I didn't know how to pray for. And I've, I've prayed for them even with my hand on their shoulder. And I've been praying for their needs. And all of a sudden they turn around and go, how did you know? That's praying in the Spirit. Time in God's presence. It's, a, it's, it's a, an experience where He is praying through us. And it's wordless groans. I, if it's wordless, it, doesn't, it wouldn't be a tongue. And so it's something that God does inside of us. And I've been in prayer before where I've been on my knees and I don't know what to pray. And I'm not praying in, in, a, in a prayer language in tongues, but I, I'm praying with everything I've got and every ounce of energy I've got, pouring myself out for people in our church or family members or whatever the case may be. And sometimes it's just, mm, God, mm. I don't know how it works. I don't know. It's powerful. It's powerful. And that's what praying in the Spirit is all about. So we go back to that passage. It says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying. So it says, pray always. Pray all the time. In 1 Thessalonians 5.16, it says this, rejoice always. Hung up the phone on God. And what this is saying is don't hang up the phone. Keep the phone off the hook. I, I did want to go off the hook, but it doesn't fit really. <clears throat> I was trying to make it wonder, could I just be cool and say that and make it? But it, And my kids are probably going like, oh, dad, that was not cool. Praying continually means that we are constantly connected to the Holy Spirit and we're constantly praying. We're constantly looking. I was ironing this morning uh, a shirt, this shirt. And uh, yes, I iron. And, um, and I was ironing it and I was just praying during, while I was ironing. Why not? Why disconnect? Why stay uh, uh, in, in a place where we're on, on our own, in our own thoughts, in our own ways, in our own thinking, in our own ways of life, why not stay connected and let the Holy Spirit continue to speak and continue to pray and continue? And, and what I do often is I'll be driving down the road and some name will come to my mind, one of you or, or somebody else, a close friend up in Seattle or friends or family or my brother or whatever, and I'll just text them and say, hey, I'm praying for you. And I'll pray. And it's just the most powerful thing to not hang up the phone. And I think that's what has to happen. Because when we are praying in the Spirit, we're praying always. There's never a bad time to pray. There's never a bad time to love. There's never a bad time to forgive. There's never a bad time to serve. And when, in this case, there's never a bad time to pray. Pray always. Pray always. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says... The same, referring to the, our passage again, 
pray on all occasions. No matter what you're doing, whether it's a party or whether it's a celebration of life like we had yesterday or a very sad moment or a very difficult moment, no matter what it is, pray. Pray about it. Pray for it. Pray that God be glorified in everything that happens. In Philippians 4, 6, and 7, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation. And our Ephesians passage says, And on all occasions, pray. So when you're walking into work, pray. When you're walking into a party, pray. When you're walking into a memorial, pray. When you're walking into whatever situation, whatever circumstance, pray. See how practical this is? It's not, this isn't about how do we connect to God? How do we have this emotional connection? How do we feel God? This isn't it. This is always prayer is an, always an act of faith. Because we don't see God, we don't touch God, we don't feel God sometimes. But we can always pray and know that God is listening. He never hangs up the phone. He never hangs up the phone. So don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So when we come against anything, no matter good or bad, no matter challenging or easy, no matter what we're going through, if we pray on all occasions, if we're praying always and we're praying in the Spirit, there's a peace that joins that situation. That's amazing. I love that. I love that. There's never a bad time to pray. So our passage says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying. That whole be alert part is really critical. It means pray with your eyes open. Really. I mean, keep your eyes open. Don't, don't, if you, if you close them, you can't see what's coming. It says, be alert, be aware. Now, I, I understand why we close our eyes. Do you guys understand why we close our eyes? Why do we close our eyes when we pray? Because uh, we get distracted, especially at a meal. <laughs> okay, it's me that gets distracted at a meal. I shorten that prayer quick when I see what's on the table. <clears throat> But we get distracted. But I understand that this is not literal necessarily, but definitely making it clear that we need to be aware of, of what's going on around us. And that's why we have the opportunity to pray. When you know what's happening, when you see or discern what's really going on, you have the opportunity to pray for it and see God do and, and make the change. Pray, uh, <clears throat> uh, be alert when we're praying and pray on all occasions and then pray all kinds of prayers. Now, I'd encourage you to kind of start reading through the book of Psalms because there is all kinds of prayers in the book of Psalms. There's celebratory prayers. There's just praise. There's prayers that are called imprecatory prayers. You know what an imprecatory prayer is? It's a prayer that says, God, I pray that you crush my enemy. I pray that you break their teeth. I pray that you throw them against the wall. I pray that you hurt them. If you read through the book of Psalms, you'll find that there are some occasions where David's pretty ticked off. And he's praying. And then at the end he says, but God, I praise you. (laughs) 
kind of fun to read through those prayers sometimes. But sometimes when you get angry, sometimes when you're frustrated, it's okay to pray those prayers. Now, you've got to leave it in God's hands because God is just. It's not a, a, up to us to, to pray and tell God what to do to other people. But sometimes we've got to get that feeling or emotion out. God, I'm so mad. Would you just take care of my enemy? And remember, we're fighting against spiritual things, not physical things. So we don't always have to pray that the person gets hurt, but pray that the enemy that caused that person to create the problem gets hurt. And that's the devil. And we want to do as much damage to him as all, at all possible. And so pray all kinds of prayers. Romans 8.26 says, again, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes through us with wordless groans. That, again, is praying all kinds of prayers. Praying in the Spirit will allow you to pray in every way the Holy Spirit wants us to pray. And so when we're connected, we... And I finally came to the conclusion, you know what? If that's all that's there, that's all that's needed. Now, can I spend more time getting to know God? I can read his word. I can listen instead of just talk, which is a large part of prayer. Those are all kinds of things that I can do. And you can never spend too much time with God. But at the same time, if you're trying to force yourself to, to just pray these prayers, especially in your devotional time, and you're forcing yourself to do that, you're ending up being religious rather than having a relationship, right? And so pray what's in your, in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit. And when you're done, you can't. Take the phone off, uh, put the phone, uh, or hang up the phone. We have to keep it off the hook. Why? Because if we don't, we will end up with our own will being done rather than God's will. And so we need to pray for the Lord's people. We need to pray for all of those that are in our presence, our family, our, our co-workers, whatever, whoever we can find to pray for, we need to pray for. My challenge for you this week is every time you see a new face, pray for that person. Make it a prayer initiative. Just as you're driving around the corner here and you see somebody on a bicycle, you see somebody with a sign in their hand, you see somebody walking along the sidewalk, you see a neighbor that's, that's out in the front yard, stop and pray. I mean, and if, you, if you're led to, stop and say, hey, you mind if I pray with you? But no matter what, just pray for them. And see what happens. See what happens to your own heart. You'll begin to have compassion. You'll begin to, you know, they say that it, the best way to overcome your anger towards an enemy is to pray for them. Because how can you pray to an all-loving, all-gracious God and then carry that into that relationship? The best way to get over the pain is to pray to the person who heals the pain. And he will help you do that. There's a great story in, in Genesis, Genesis 18. It says, the men turned away and went towards Sodom. So Abraham is uh, talking to God. But Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham approached him and said, will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? So God's getting ready to nuke Sodom. And Gomorrah. If you're familiar with these, this story, uh, God is so angry with Sodom and Gomorrah because it's an evil, evil, evil city. And he is tired of their sinfulness. He's tired of their, their rebellion. He's tired of their evilness. And so he's going to judge them by just nuking them. And, and I, I think 
That's almost literal. Because historians are, are saying that there was a, a, a somehow a massive disaster that eventually took out the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And so Abraham is appealing to God. And he's saying, what if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous people in it? So Abraham is appealing to God's justice and he's appealing to God's compassion for righteous people. Far be it from you to do such a thing, God, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you. Will not the judge of all the earth do right? Wow. Abraham's getting up in God's grill. The Lord said, if I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. And as he continues to whittle it down, and in verse 32 he says, and he answered, for the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. When the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he left and Abraham returned home. And what ended up happening is there was only like one or two people that came out and then God nuked Sodom and Gomorrah. But that's intercession. That's pleading with God for the sake of people. That's what it looks like. That's God, you know my family. I pray that you would just do everything you can to, to reach their hearts. I pray for my family that you would do everything to show them your love. I pray that you would put people in their way. I pray that you would help them understand that you love them and redeem their hearts and you are the answer to their souls and their destinies. That's intercession. And we must intercede. We must pray for those around us. Pray that people will accept and experience the love of God. That's intercession. I realize that prayer isn't often considered the armory or the weaponry in the armor of God, but I believe it's no mistake that it's connected directly with put on the full armor of God and pray. Because without listening to the commander, you can't go to war. And we must connect with God. And I pray today that all of us will understand the power of prayer. That all of us will understand that we cannot hang up the phone. That we have to pray always, in every occasion, for all people. And when we just make it an everything, then we will continually be walking in the power and presence of the Let's pray. You ready? God, thank you so much for opening our hearts to the power that is available to us to call on your name, to talk with you, to spend time with you. Lord, I pray that we don't have 30-minute prayer moments, but we have 24-7, 365 moments of prayer, that we never hang up the phone, that we're always connected to you, that we're always listening to your voice. We're always appealing to your heart. We're always bringing the needs and, and in every occasion, in every circumstance, we are praying because we know that when we appeal to a loving and caring God, that's the result that will. Well, I pray, Lord, for <clears throat> Gracie, that you heal her from COVID. I pray that you Take care of Janet and Michelle Mahoney, that you heal them from COVID. Lord, I pray for those that are struggling in cancer, the 
Daryl Don and Kirk Cartwright, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you heal them and anyone else that's dealing with any ailment. In the name of Jesus, we believe that you are able, Lord, to heal and make well these lives. Lord, for the unsaved, we pray that they help, that you would open their hearts to the love and the grace and the forgiveness that you offer them to have an eternal relationship with you. For those of us that have areas to grow in, Lord, help in Jesus' name. Maybe you're here today. As always, if there's someone here that has yet to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I just want to encourage you today, God is available to save you. Why? Because he died on a cross for you so that your sins could be forgiven. He rose again the third day so that you could have eternal life and the promise of eternal life with him. And if we will commit to follow him for the rest of our lives, the Bible says we will be saved. So I want you to pray this short prayer with me if today is your day to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Whether you're online or whether you're on site, let's pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for dying on the cross so my sins could be forgiven. And I ask that you forgive me of my sins. And I accept your forgiveness today. I Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.